Remember, you are not perfect and your kids have free will. These precious words uttered by his soul's sister in Christ have saved me time and time again. I'm Paula Siskanik, the host of the Catholic Homeschool Community. As a young mom, I held fast to the erroneous belief that as long as I parent well, my children will behave well. Time and time again, the advice I often heard was, Proverbs 22.6, train the young in the way they should go, even when old, they will not swerve from it. While this exhortation from Proverbs does carry the weight of scripture wisdom, I believe that it's not meant literally. It's definitely not a guarantee. It's rather a clarion call to do everything in our power to set up a real moral framework within which we can teach, guide, and discipline our children. But here's the rub. You're not perfect and they have free will. You will mess up sometimes, do the wrong thing, hold fast too tight, say the opposite of what you want to say, discourage, and fight with your kids over stupid stuff. In turn, they will not listen to you, do what they want, fight with you and their siblings and on and on. Well, that's me and my family to a T. Recently, I wrote a a blog post about discipline and another one on changing behavior. I talk about where obedience comes from and how to improve behaviors. You can hit pause, go read or listen to those other two articles right now. But what they say in there essentially is the same overarching point. The first step in achieving harmony in the home, and I mean not perfect harmony, but a grace-filled harmony, is first and foremost derived by a deep desire to share your love of Christ and a thanksgiving for the children he has loaned oh so briefly to you. Well, having been at this parenting thing for 35 plus years, I've arrived at some very real axioms, practical tips that have proved successful. I call them my discipline dozen. Here goes. Number one, remember delayed obedience is really disobedience. No counting to three, dear mommy. This advice was given to me early in my parenting, and I am so grateful. It really makes sense. You know, when we give our children a chance for extra attention, they'll undoubtedly take it. Every child wants their parents' undivided attention, and they'll get it one way or the other. Number two, actions have consequences. As a scientist, I love this one. Yep. You know, Newton's third law says for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. This goes for bad behavior too. When a child misbehaves, doesn't listen to mommy, or is defiant to a parent rule, well, there has to be a consequence, period. It's so hard to keep up with this one, you know, that the answer kind of lies in being prepared, which brings me to the next axiom. Yes, have your punishments ready. Seriously, have them thought out ahead of time. Arguments and dealing with disobedience occurs in an emotional, heated state for both parent and child. Recognize that. You want to dole out your consequences, punishments that suit the child's temperament, their age, and is doable. You know, for example, I had essay topics ready for one of my sons who had this little habit of talking back. There was no dialoguing, reasoning with him. No, 
He just had to sit in his room, which also worked kind of because it gave him some time to cool off. And he had to write a three paragraph essay on a prepared topic. One I knew that he could write about. Number four, consistency means seeing it through. No backpedaling. You know, more than anything, trust and respect comes from consistency. I always regretted the times I gave in. Yep, we all do it. I would say, especially when we don't have punishments ready. However, it is so important to be consistent in what we expect in terms of behavior, listening to our requests, obeying family rules, our language. But this one's so very hard when we're just so darn tired that giving in just seems easier. I always did an emergency novena or I left the room when weakness set in to just give myself the space to stand firm. Well, this one leads me to the next axiom. Number five, spouses need to agree in front of the kids. This is a biggie. The kids are smart enough to play you two against one another. A unified front is essential to family harmony. Yes, you may disagree about the path, the terms, the approach to discipline, but speak to each other about these differences before you deal with the children. Most likely you both bring a history of discipline behaviors from your own childhood. These could create tension and misunderstandings. Talk about them frankly with your spouse. Help forge a new, united approach to discipline that's complementary to both of your views of discipline. Our kids know this line well. We are of one mind on this topic. Number six, no passing off your authority as a parent. You know, my daughters would see this happen. Um, They had worked at a local children's garden and the parents, well, they just don't even believe in their own authority. They don't. They constantly point to others in authority to make their children behave. They would say, see that lady running this place? She says you need to behave. Why can't parents just demand it themselves? Trust in the authority handed to you by God as their parent. Number seven, bending a bit for a small battle may win the war or better known as choose your battles carefully. My late mother-in-law used to say it best. Give your child a way to save face. Yes, sometimes, especially with our teens, we need to take stock of the current struggle. Is this a moment to bend a bit? to win the war, you know, that big war, that lure of the worldly view of entitlement is real. As parents, we can bend over the small stuff in order to make the big stuff stand out from the noise of the world and the selfishness of individuals. That brings me to number eight, talk over the important stuff. Don't assume they know. Not exactly under discipline per se, but worth adding to the list, I thought. Please don't wait to have that all-too-important conversation. Trust your gut on this one. Your instincts that your child may have stumbled into adult content while searching on the web, or the realization that they lied to you about what they were watching at a friend's house, it can be a true indicator to invite them into conversation. Sometimes you just have to ask them into a private room in the house and invite them into discussion before they come to you. 
Number nine, it starts at a young age. They'll get it in time. Set the standards right away. You know, it's so easy to feel burned out with the constant bickering, fighting, and general not listening. Please remember, it takes time. Notice. I did not say patience. I truly believe that we tend to take ourselves way too seriously. When I look back at my younger parent self, I can see clearly that I was attributing my child's not behaving to fall to flaws in my own parenting or in myself. You know, granted, there were definitely things I should have done better or more consistency or more consistently. That's how I learned these discipline dozen tips. But more than that, I expected instant improvement. What the heck was I thinking? It's a labor of love to be a parent, a labor of giving until you feel completely drained and then giving some more. You see, anything worthwhile, like raising amazing, caring adults, it takes lots of time. So yes, set the standards, repeat saying them over and over again. And understand that it will take time. No, your children will get it eventually. Number 10, there is no need to talk and talk to get obedience. There is absolutely no need to engage in lengthy conversations with your children to get them to obey you. All too often, we forget that children actually desire a framework of moral truths in which to govern their behavior. Yes, We can muddy the waters by thinking we have to speak volumes on the benefits of the expected behavior to get them to behave. Nonsense. Say what you mean and stick to it. I suspect this is a remnant of that pop parenting, talk them to death kind of culture. I can't tell you how often I see parents of toddlers going on and on and on about why their child should be behaving. Please stop talking, slow down, and breathe. Say what you mean quickly and clearly. That brings me to number 11. Don't use we, it's them. Heard this one? We don't talk with a loud voice. Or perhaps you've heard this one. We say please and thank you. Again, like my tip number six, remember that one? Number six had to do with no passing off your authority as a parent. Well, in that, uh, in that tip, you're undermining your own parental position. Just call it like it is. The child is using their loud voice. The child forgot to say please and thank you, not you. You're not winning a popularity contest when it comes to setting morality and behavior for your children. God granted you the honor of the gift of your children. He also gives you the grace to be the parent in all it demands and all its responsibilities. And finally, number 12, don't give your children bribes to get them to be quiet or behave. Now, this one was uh, one that came from our dear departed spiritual director, Father Paris. And when we were first married over 35 years ago, there's no doubt that children desire our undivided attention. They not only want and desire our love, but they also want to see, want us to see them only. Now they'll get our attention with either good behavior or bad behavior. 
Remember that tip number one? Whenever I used a bribe to get my children to behave, it would inevitably backfire. They quickly made the connection and revved up the bad behaviors. You know, bribes ultimately undermine our parental authority. Kids are learning all the time and pick up the direct consequences of behavior quickly. Now, don't get me wrong. Rewards are great. After all, we all want to merit heaven, our ultimate reward for a holy life. But bribes are different in that they make an instant behavior change. Not that steady progress needed to form virtuous habits needed for a holy life. Oh, please, please no. I never did this perfectly. I'm still a work in progress as I learned to stop parenting my adult children and move towards my relationship as just their loving parent. I now spend much time delighting and watching them navigate the parental waters. Woohoo! <laughs> That's a fun one, being a grandparent. Be gentle with yourself. Know that you're surrounded by the best family ever, the Holy Family. I'm keeping you all in my hearts and prayers, and I'd love to hear from you. What are your discipline tips? And may God bless you abundantly.